0: Hi, this is Jim. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. Today we have Haley with us. Hi, Haley.
1: Hi.
0: Hey, and today our topic is living with roommates, uh, specifically things to consider before you agree to be roommates. So this is a very important episode because a lot of you young people are going to have roommates at some point, either immediately in in college or right out of high school or in your early 20s. And you want to have these conversations uh, before you sign a lease with somebody so that you don't get into a bad roommate experience. So with that, we'll start with the top, uh, top of my list, by the way. Oh, I should say all of these points are on my website, kitchentableadulting.com. So the first point we have Haley is, are we, and this is not Haley and myself, but (laughs) are we compatible enough to live together? So, and I have as an example, if you're a steak lover, you probably don't want a vegan roommate. You know, there are certain things you don't have to be, and Haley, feel free to jump in. I don't think you have to be best friends with uh, your roommates necessarily, but you want to make sure that you have enough in common so that you get along. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important that you guys, like whether it's two people or three people um, living together, it's important to be able to like coexist with one another. I mean, you don't have to like each other all the time or agree on everything, but kind of having like a mutual ground on like the big topics is probably what you want to lean towards when you're looking for a roommate. Um, I mean, I think- Yeah, I think uh, if,
0: for example, if if you clash on something big like religion or political beliefs, and it's going to lead to constant arguments, uh, it's pro- that's, it's at least a red flag that it's probably going to be difficult. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it depends on how much each person puts in the effort, but it is a very important thing to consider because a lot of, for the audience, a lot of uh, you are going to be in a situation where a friend from college or a friend from high school says, hey, come live with me. And you don't really, uh, or maybe even like you move into a house where there's four people And you get along with the guy who invited you to live there, but then two of the other roommates, not so much um, because you have nothing in common or you actually really have opposing views on things. So next on the list is where are we going to live? And really, this is about not only geographically, where will the apartment be, but what do we need in a place? Obviously, if you're Filling if you know if one of you're invited to live in a place where somebody already has a lease, then that is the place, it's either take it or leave it. But if you're looking with some people, you have to consider things like do we need, does each of us need a parking space, or do we really want a place with a washer and dryer, or you know, close to campus if maybe you're all in school. Um, And then you have to agree, you know, on what the you know priorities are for all of you. You certainly don't want to live right across the street from your friend's work and then set yourself up for a 45 mile commute to your job right and
1: i think like personally like you have to kind of outline what your non-negotiables are um and whether that be like close proximity to work or parking, maybe even the type of area that you live in. Um, Some people like a more like suburban style living where others might really enjoy the city just because of the convenience factor. Um, So kind of narrowing down what place geographically you wanna live um, and then what amenities you want too. That's a big thing as far as like starting the early processes of of looking at places to live. Like personally, a washer and dryer is like a non-negotiable for me. (laughs) So, I mean, it makes your life so much easier than having to like plan out when you're going to go to the laundry mat or that sort of thing. So,
0: yeah. Gotta- and I have, I have done it both ways. Uh, I have lived without a washer and dryer for sure. I mean, my must have, as I get older, I'm a little bit, uh, I guess, snobbier about this stuff, but washer and dryer is an absolute must. Air conditioning is mandatory for me now. I didn't, you know, when I lived in Chicago, I definitely had places that didn't have it. Um, and some of that is dictated by your budget, but you do want to think about, cause what you don't want to do is be in a situation where one person kind of dictates this and then you move in and you resent the situation. So it's just something to talk about. And then, uh, moving down the list, we have, how will we share expenses? Um, and this is important. Uh, obviously the math gets more complicated with the higher number of roommates, but if we're talking about you and one other person splitting a place, then you have to agree, starting with the rent, is it a 50-50 split? Or, uh, you know, I've heard of situations where because somebody has the balcony off their bedroom, they'll pay a little more, or because they they get the one parking space, they're willing to pay a little extra. Yeah. Um, you certainly want to make sure that that's agreed upon in advance. And have you ever been in that situ- situation, Haley?
1: Um, I don't think like, not particularly just because when I have had a couple roommates, the like room sizes were all the same. Um, one situation in college, I lived with two other girls and we only had two bedrooms. Um, so like we had two people had to split one bedroom and then the one had a single. Um, but we kind of (laughs) flipped a coin for it. We weren't extremely like pressed about it. Um. And then it also did like, we also had to take into consideration like which one of us had significant others. So kind of who earned that single room um, just because two of us would have been sharing.
0: Yep. Okay. So, and, and really, you know, coin flip always works, but how, however you work it out. And then in terms of splitting expenses, then you, you need to uh, talk about utilities and uh, other things that might come up now. It would seem to me, I mean, I think you're overthinking it if you get into, you have the larger bedroom, you pay, six, you know, 55% of the electric bill. I think that's ridiculous. I think utilities would be an even split of all roommates. Exactly. I can't think of a, a better way to do it. But um, the whole, I, the audience, uh, the young people, and Haley, including yourself, will probably laugh. Back in my day, this was a huge deal in my early 20s. Before cell phones were common, they did exist. Every apartment, you'd have a landline. And then once a month, you'd get the phone bill. And somebody would take on the arduous task of going area code by area code and dividing up the long distance calls. my God. I I am not joking. I was was talking to my wife about this last night. And we were (laughs) laughing about how somebody would get the phone bill math. And then you'd do what percentage of the taxes are yours based on the number of phone calls you made. So... (laughs)
1: Yeah, we don't have that problem
0: anymore. <laughs> no, that flew over the head of basically everyone listening. Um, but I, I do remember that in terms of sharing expenses. Yeah. And then to segue in from sharing expenses, the next on the list is, can we afford everything? And this is a real serious conversation uh, because you need to, if you listen to the episode about leasing an apartment, if you sign a lease with three people, you're all on the hook for that rent to be paid. And so you need to verify that everyone that might be a roommate can afford all of the expenses and you, uh, unfortunately, you can't necessarily take someone's word for it. Or, you know, if you're going to do a shared house with two other people and one of them is a buddy from high school and he says, oh, I'll get a job as soon as we move in, you have to be able to cover the expenses until his job kicks in and he gets a paycheck. Uh, Now, I've never been in that situation. But it's certainly it's really late in the game after you sign a lease and move in to find out that somebody doesn't make enough money or actually doesn't have a job.
1: Yeah, I think, um, especially like for places that you're having more than one other roommate, it's important to get it in every single person's name. Like, I know that sometimes like if you do a house, you can put it in one person's name and then expect the others to pay you rent per month. Um, but that is not a way I would advise people to go. Just no. because it's, it creates so much like complexity to the whole situation. And it's a bigger headache than it needs to be. But definitely like verifying like somebody's employment and honestly like their credit score too. Because I think that's a good determining factor on whether or not, they actually will stay on top of their bills and afford it and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's fair to just sit down and say you know among the potential roommates and say, you know how do we all approach managing money? Do we have right. you know are we responsible about it? And you know they when your application to rent the place, they're going to run the credit scores um, and so you can just ask them can you know, like, can we see the credit reports and talk amongst yourselves about that? And I do have on here on the website, about, can we afford everything? This must include renter's insurance. Renter's insurance is not very expensive and it just covers the cost of all your stuff that you move into the apartment. And I guess the best example would be if there's a fire and all, right. all your possessions are lost, your laptop, your clothes, your furniture, your renter's insurance will cover that and you must have it. I did not probably... Gosh, I'm, I'm thinking I didn't even through grad school. I'm not sure. I can't remember doing that. I, I know certainly in my 20s, I didn't even know what it was. Um, yeah.
1: I honestly don't currently have it. Haley, you're
0: breaking bad. the rules.
1: I know. I should. I've been told to look in it many, many times. So, okay.
0: so if in fact Haley's apartment burns to the ground in the next <laughs> few weeks, this will be known as the irony episode.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I'll take that.
0: Fine. Uh, okay. Uh, another point on the the list here. Do we have compatible schedules? Now the first point is are we compatible enough as people? But you need to have some conversation about what, what schedules you keep and what you know what quiet hours you might need. If you're working a more traditional office job that starts at 8 a.m. and you need a good night's sleep, then you're probably going to want the apartment to be quiet. 10 PM to 7 AM, something like that. And, you know, if you work with somebody who does shift work, like a friend of mine's a firefighter and he does these rotating shifts or, a, you know, a nurse at the hospital might go in at 7 PM return at 7 AM. You just need to talk about how compatible you are in that sense. And I actually have a point on here. Cause I remember this conversation with roommates about who showers first in the morning based on who has to go to work first. That's actually a good one. I would have never even thought about that. Yeah. It's uh, well, It's then again, the whole point of this episode is to have our young listeners think, think of things or be, like uh, be made aware of things that they never would have thought about. And and in that particular si- situation, it was not a real conflict. We just had to work it out where right. like, basically I've got the shower from six 30 and I'll be done by six 45 so that you can get in, uh, you know, based on our commutes and, work times and whatnot.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, then, you know, we mentioned the quiet hours, which I think is important. And if you're in high school or even college, you probably think uh, everyone stays up till 2am. But trust me, as you become a more responsible person, uh, bedtime gets earlier and earlier. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's going to be important to make sure that you don't live with a night owl party animal. But Segwaying from the quiet hours concept is just uh, how how do we handle regular noise, and you know this would very much include music, uh, music or a loud TV, or you know if you, if you live with someone who's a video game person, um, it's really personal preference. Have you ever lived with someone, Haley, that was ridiculously loud?
1: Yes, <laughs> the last per- the last person that I lived with. Um, He was probably the more louder one between the two of us. And he also stayed up really late. So it was like difficult because I'm like a grandma when it comes to sleep. I want to be in bed by like 930 or 10. And he would be up until like 2 a.m. watching football or reruns of sports at unreal volumes. (laughs) So that was tough.
0: Okay. So you just use earplugs and get get through it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think this is, uh, and I am super sensitive to noise in general, um, Mm. which doesn't mean that I need to live in absolute silence, but, you know, somebody playing loud music in their bedroom would drive me crazy. One thing I can't stand is uh, when people just play uh, uh, like a YouTube video off their phone and, you know, I'm like, put in earbuds, use headphones, I can't
1: That and like FaceTime now, like a lot of people like my age, they FaceTime without headphones in. So you hear both sides of the conversation. That drives me insane.
0: (laughs) Oh, and again, this is a a talking point with your roommates. Um, You know, and and if you if everyone who's going to live in the place is loud and you don't tick off the neighbors, then fine, you can be in a loud house. But if you need things to be on the quiet side, be honest about that, because it's not going to work out for you. Um, you know yeah. in, if you're not compatible in that way so okay um, let's see here i uh, i know there are great stories about this will we sh- will we share food oh, gosh <laughs> um, uh, you know I, I think in all of my roommate situations um, basically everybody was their own separate household under under one roof yeah we always did, did separate grocery shopping.
1: Yeah, that's what um, we used to do in college, especially. Um, we would plan probably like one or two nights a week where we would like make a conjoined dinner and have like a family dinner. At that point, like we were splitting the like bill on like the groceries just for that one night. But just for um, everyday stuff, it was you kind of fended for yourself. And we had our own individual. um shelves in the fridge so they were labeled so we knew where our stuff was going and that it wasn't being used by somebody else
0: <laughs> yeah and, and that's uh it's actually one of the points I have on the website is you know if you borrow something like a jar of pasta sauce you replace it you know let your roommate know and make good on that and then I, I'm sure it's been a while since I've had roommates but then you get into some sort of cadence where you say all right you 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 bought the last bundle of paper towels i'll get the next one uh, so that nobody's you know free rider on common things like that right um that's probably the best way to approach it unless you are actually a chef and you get your roommates to pay you extra money because you will prepare the meals but i don't think too many people do that
1: no (laughs)
0: Okay. And then uh, another thing I thought of here is, you know, who's going to buy what for the apartment? Um, You know, and as I, as I think about it, I've accumulated all the stuff I'll ever need now, but you know, we used to have those conversations of like, I'll I'll go out and buy a dining table and chairs. If you get a TV or, you know, you know, you got to talk about, because you you certainly don't want a situation where three guys show up to a house and each one of them brings a TV and you have no sofa. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely think just like alternating, like the big things like beds or kitchen tables, bar stools or whatever, that's probably the easiest route to go. That way everybody's kind of spending around the same amount. Um, and especially like if you're moving from an already like furnished place into like with a new roommate, just deciphering what you already have instead of having to go buy new stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it works itself out. It's just a conversation to have because you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about really fairness and you don't want to be in a situation where you shell out 800 bucks to buy stuff for the apartment and then your roommate or roommates don't really contribute anything in that. I mean, obviously yeah. you still own it, but all right. Uh, number nine, well, the numbers may change. This may not be nine, but how will we handle guests Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. uh, So this is a big topic here. And and there's a a bunch of, I have a few examples on the website. So one would be uh, two friends from out of town, you know, coming in for the weekend. Like that's one version of having guests. Another would be someone's boyfriend who's over four or five nights a week. That's a different type of guest that's practically an extra roommate at that point.
1: Yep. <laughs> um,
0: are you guilty of that, Hallie?
1: I was in college, <laughs> okay. but it was like me and my other roommate. We both had our boyfriends over, so it was like we just had two additional people living. Okay. With us.
0: It was so it was a mutual infringement of privacy. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Okay.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, you know, with guests, there's also the topic of uh, parties.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, if if you are not comfortable with, I mean, I remember when I was younger, we'd, you know, we'd get a keg and invite 50 people over and, uh, not a lot, but we, we used to do it. And if you're, you know, not down for that kind of lifestyle, uh, or don't want to, don't want to have that many strangers in your place, you need to talk about it before you become roommates with someone.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a pre living together conversation to have, Um, and then I think like another important part of it is like, as far as like having a significant other over, um, kind of talking about like sexuality with it too. Like, is it a boyfriend or is it a girlfriend? Because sometimes roommates not, might not be comfortable with same sex relationships or same sex like partners and roommates. So that's probably a pre conversation to have prior to living together.
0: That's, that's fair. And actually, uh, when I was in college, I had a gay roommate. And that was, uh, gosh, that's gone back 25 years now. So, um, it was not nearly as talked about or open back then as it is now. um, (laughs) I like to think that everybody is open-minded, but yeah, that's certainly something to discuss. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, make sure that that gets back to, I guess, point number one, are we compatible enough to be roommates? Exactly. So I'm actually thinking Haley that, um, we're going to have to break this list into a second episode, but I do, I do wonder, do you have any funny roommate stories or tragic oh. roommate stories?
1: Oh man, <laughs> I have a plethora, but, um, probably well, my, I'm sorry.
0: Ahead. So I'll, I'll, lead off. So I, I was in the shared house in Seattle once, uh, this was you know, 20 years ago. And, um, the house roommates turned over because a couple that was living there broke up and it was a kind of a hectic thing. And so this new woman joined us. And for some reason, I don't know, I don't know where this came from, but she imposed a rule that you couldn't put cereal boxes on top of the refrigerator. And it, 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 what? Was, just, it was just like, it became Bizarre. that no, the refrigerator, Like I think she put like fake flowers or something decorative up there, but whatever it was that you could not put cereal boxes on top of the refrigerator, as I'm remembering, it, I'm pretty sure we fought about it constantly. But I just remember (laughs) thinking, like, how could this possibly matter to you?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Probably like the more funnier ones that I have is when I lived with two other um, girls that I had played soccer with in college. One of them Refused to ever do dishes and would always blame it on somebody else like even like nights we would like have a party and we would have like the drunk munchies or whatever she would use an insane amount of dishes and leave them in the sink for like a week or weeks on end and would refuse to do them because she didn't believe that they were hers and it was always a battle to get her to (laughs) clean up after herself
0: yeah uh, that's that's going to cause a lot of problems in terms yes. of cleaning and <laughs> you know you have to then have a, an additional conversation of do we have the same definition of what clean is right in full disclosure i'll apologize now to a former roommate kyle uh because when we were in grad school i was terrible about dishes and i know it drove him crazy uh <laughs> now he's old enough i doubt he'll listen to this podcast episode but i still <laughs> want an apology for being that roommate um <laughs> Okay. Well, Haley, we'll we'll have you back, uh, hopefully, to to finish the list here. Um, But I do ask, I told you, I ask all my guests the same question. Thinking about the spectrum of all things adult, and in case you can't tell from Haley's voice, she is younger. What are Are you 25, you said?
1: I'm 26.
0: 26. Okay. So the question is, what is some aspect of life as an adult you wish you'd figured out before you turned 25?
1: Um, probably the biggest aspect would be how to effectively manage my money. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like they don't really teach you that in schools. And like when you graduate high school or college, you kind of just have to fend for yourself and figure it out, especially if you have parents that are kind of hands off once you graduate. Um, but just figuring out how to manage my money and to create a savings account. That's a big thing for me.
0: Oh, yeah. So did, did your parents try to get you to understand money management?
1: They did. Like growing up, I would like work and like get an allowance and stuff and I would have to save half of it. So I kind of learned the ropes as I was like getting older. But once I got to college, it kind of went all downhill. And I just wanted to spend all of my money on unnecessary things.
0: Oh, okay. And so now, now you're a saver.
1: Yeah, now I'm a saver.
0: Are you saving for something specific?
1: I am. I'm actually saving for a new car.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a very important thing to save for. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Haley. Um, we will have you back so we can finish this list. And we'll yeah,
1: sign off
0: for now. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com. Or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com. Bye.